Every night at the stroke of three, the pussies gather. Welcome to 1,000 Wives of Weird, uh, the podcast for everything weird, movies, books, and today, stage shows. My name is Billy Martell, and with me as always is... Brad Hefner. We talk about tentpole weird things. Uh, things that fundamentally change who you are as a person, at, at the very least, what you are able to accept from media in terms of, of weirdness or oddities. And this one is a of personal importance to me, what we're talk, talking about today. It's a stage show made by a an independent theater company out of Michigan. Michigan. They now operate out of Chicago. They're called Star Kid Productions. They've been operating for years now. They're most famous for their Harry Potter series, a Harry Potter musical, a Harry Potter sequel, and a Harry Potter senior year. Um, more recently, they've been doing a series of annual horror musicals, oh. which is kind of um, unique. Uh, don't hear about a lot of horror musicals. No, I wish I heard about more. Yeah, uh, there's um, the guy who didn't like musicals and Black Friday so far, the two horror musicals that they've done. And uh, those are quite good. But today we're talking about one of their earliest, earliest productions, uh, this was their immediate follow-up to a very popular musical, Me and My Dick. I guess I'll do just uh, going into very briefly is just a story about a young man who has an anthropomorphized penis, mm -hmm. who he uh, discusses his actions with, and uh, basically this, we talk about, I, I talked last time about genres of weird. Yes. Uh, violence of Voyager is in the genre of weird where it's a fairly normal person arrives at a place and weird stuff happens for a while. Mm -hmm. This is a different genre of weird where it's, we start with a weird premise. The premise is fairly well explained to the audience, even if it is a bit bizarre. And then the rest of the, of the running time is the writers yes-anding themselves to see how far they can go with what is happening. Huh, I didn't think of it as like that, but that, yeah, that's a good description. Yeah, so like an, another example of that would be like the movie Reanimator. This guy can bring <laughs> things back from the dead. Let's see how far we can go. Uh, or every episode of Clerks the Animated Series. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which they're talking about a revival of. Clerks? Yes. Okay, I mean... Kevin Smith hasn't produced a lot that I've liked recently. No. But I uh, love Clerks the Animated Series. I do too. I'm yeah. cautiously hopeful. I'm more hopeful about the Clone High oh my revival. God. Absolutely. Um, which just got announced. I was uh, just talking to someone about Clone High the other day. Because I, I found out apparently uh, the depiction of Gandhi in that show was very controversial. It was in India. Over here we did give a shit obviously who yeah the fuck we don't cares about we don't care uh but i noticed in the in the article i read about the revival that gandhi was not mentioned they are dropping him for the yeah uh, revival which would make sense it would and would probably be a good idea yeah so that that will be interesting to see it will be interesting to see i uh, didn't they we're going on a tangent here but didn't they write down didn't they write in once india got offended and they write in that he was not the real Gandhi, he was like another Gandhi. I don't recall by that accident. Okay, because um, I imagine they produced because it was only thirteen episodes. So I imagine they were produced very quickly, true, and very many before the show aired. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a lot of time to respond to backlash. Sure, but they will obviously have to address that now, especially 
with the changing cultural climate. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Sure. Well, anyway, going coming back to me and my deck, uh, this was a one of their earliest productions. The the the, the group Star Kid got together originally because they were all students at the University of Michigan, and they just started writing shows because they weren't getting the parts that they wanted and in the college so they just decided to start writing their own material uh and uh and a lot of their earlier stuff is 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 very crass like this is but um it's it's very interesting and and this one was a very important show for me they only performed it once they filmed it and then they recorded the cast album it's the 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 film is on YouTube for free for anyone, which is how we were able to watch it. And then the musical's cast recording became the first ever student musical to place on the Billboard 200 charts. Really? Peaking at number 11 for Billboard's top cast albums. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. doesn't make any sense. No. That a um, show like this would be that. Yeah, I'm kind of, I didn't particularly enjoy the music in this very much. Sure. Um, so I'm a little surprised from that aspect. Yeah, but it's awesome that students were able to achieve that. Absolutely, like, it's so cool for them. It's so cool that a group that started with such inauspicious beginnings have lasted for so long. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, uh, I imagine the core. Is there a core group, or have has? I imagine it shifted a lot. It has shifted a lot, but the core. There are still some core people involved. Like for instance, the writers of this sh- of the book for this show, Matt Lang and Nick Lang, the two brothers have stayed with the company. They are Star Kid, really. They've okay. stayed with the company the entire way through. Every script, no matter what, who it's written by, always takes a pass from them. And they, they're, I think, where Star Kid really gets its voice. That sort of, oh, we're being sincere, but also, like, aren't we being kind of goofy about it, like, sort of thing. No, I'm surprised that, because the main character is called Joey Richter. And portrayed by an actor named Joey, Joey Richter. Richter. Yes. So I would have thought that Joey Richter had written the. You would think, and especially because there are a lot of comments throughout the show about his weight and his face, yeah, and just his regular appearance. You would imagine that this would be like something that Joey Richter wrote, but apparently no. His friends are just real shitty and wrote an entire show <laughs> about how much he sucks. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. It does. Joey Richter is one of the people who has lasted a long time. He's been in the in, involved with their stuff forever. Gotcha. And he has, thankfully, um, his voice has gotten much stronger over okay. the years. In this show, all of them are very early in their development. Singing. There's a lot of weak singing. And it's especially if you watch um, the guy who didn't like musicals, you get to see how much they've really exploded from their talent-wise. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, uh, so, yeah, as per usual, we're going to give our brief thoughts about the show at the beginning, and uh, then we'll get into a much more in-depth discussion uh, as we go forward. So, Brad, what did you think of Me and My Dick? I would not recommend it. At age 32, a lot of this, a lot of the humor fell very short for me. I imagine if I watched this in my 20s, uh, especially in my early 20s, I would have found it a lot funnier. And there are funny things in there. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say I didn't chuckle ever. Yeah. There's some all right songs. It's it's mostly the humor. It, it I can definitely see why this 
knowing what I know about you, and I'm sure you'll get into that. I will, yeah. I can see how this is a tentpole thing for you. Yeah. For me, again, at 32, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this was made by college students. Yeah. There are also moments that I found really slut shamey and body shamey. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which, again, this was 10 years ago. The cultural climate has changed a bit. There's also a lack of uh, awareness when it comes to um, LGBT plus yes. issues, which I do want to get into. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. there's one, I guess, a revelation in particular that's has not stood the test of time well. There is that revelation and also just the fact that there's, a, there's an assumption of heteronormativity throughout the entire production. Very true. Yeah. So I, and also watching it on YouTube, the quality is not great. It is not. The sound quality especially, which is kind of important for a musical. Definitely. So I, I can't, I I really appreciate what they did that these college students put on something of this magnitude. This is something that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Especially in high school was create something and have it performed, but I right. never had the drive these kids mm-hmm. did. And it's great to watch. And it's great that they've gone on to other things. Yeah. But, Billy, tell us about what you think of this. So, so, uh, I, I'm not really surprised that, that, that that's where you came away with this. With uh, a lot of the jokes are very sophomoric. Uh, they're, they're very, uh, like, every joke that comes into your head when you think of, Oh, it's going to be a joke. It's going to be a joke about a dick or a vagina or something. It's it's the most obvious thing that you could come up with, uh, almost every time. Uh, this show for me, I I do recommend it, and I enjoy this show so much, even to this day. I know, I I, I agree with everything that you're saying. It's it's like I said, it's very sophomoric. It has some of the el- the elements or references have not aged well. There are some things that are a little bit slut shamey or, uh, again, uh, upsettingly heteronormative. Probably because of when this hit me at the time and, and what effect it's had on me. And also the fact that I know the Star Kid cast so well. And I know that in general they are not uh, mean spirited at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they were clearly trying to just write a show about stuff that they thought about and it was a bunch of hetero guys yeah writing a musical and that's what ended up coming out of it and just the performances and the delivery of a lot of the stuff particularly from uh jamie lean betty who plays the main love interest and uh the guy who plays the main character's heart oh he's fantastic oh my god i i at a certain point, I had to stop myself because all of my notes were just lines that he said. Because I just find him so damn funny. So I, I absolutely recommend this, but I, I would not be surprised if a lot of people agreed with more people agreed with you than agreed with me. Uh, other Star Kid shows that I would recommend that we will not be covering on the show is definitely if you are a Harry Potter fan, definitely check out their Harry Potter trilogy. It's better written than any of the movies. And some of the books. Uh, and sorry, I would probably agree with you on that. I've only read three of the books, but sure. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, and I'm especially not a fan of J.K. Rowling. Well, neither of us are a fan of J.K. Rowling, but still a fan. Myself, I'm still a fan of the books. I think that they are well written, but the but the the shows are so good. They're they're just they they transcend the, the source. source material, 
in a way that not many fan productions of things really do. Yeah, so let's let's talk about me and my dick. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, this was uh, written by a AJ Holmes, who plays the heart. It was written by Matt Lang and Nick Lang, the two brothers behind most of Star Kid. Also, Brian Holden, who plays Flopsy in the show. Oh, okay. Uh, and another two people who were involved in writing it were Carlos Valdez, who's now known mostly for playing the fan favorite character Cisco on the CW's The Flash. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and Darren Chris, who's known mostly now for being Darren Chris. Yeah, he's the name I've heard from Stark. Did he play Harry Potter in the he Harry Potter? He played Harry one? Potter, yes. Okay. Yeah, that kind of was his first. Uh, charming douchebag role that he's gotcha. kind of become popular for playing now. Um, and this was released in 2010. It was, yep. Again, it was performed only once at the University of Michigan. They filmed that production, and that is what you see. I get the sense that it was put together so quickly that they did not get to dress the set that they wanted to, because in the recording, you can see it almost looks like the set is decorated for a prom or something. Yeah. And that is not the plot of this show. There's no prom. No. <laughs> when the production starts, uh, the Star Kid logo... Hold on. Uh, you oh, sorry, mentioned that this was written in 24 hours. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so the original backstory behind this was that A.J. Holmes and Matt Lang were paired together during a theater festival at the University of Michigan to create a show in a day. And... Matt Lang and Nick Lang had had an idea for the show, and they were just like, well, let's do this! And so they they wrote and put the whole show together in 24 hours. Now, do you know if they did additional work after that, or was this like, hey, we have 24 hours? Because I can't imagine they could have scored this and choreographed this. And there's footage of them rehearsing, I think, during the credits. Yeah. I think it so. must have been just the writing took place in 24 hours. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know if they changed anything, right? But yeah, there is footage of them rehearsing. There are some actually pretty well choreographed sequences, uh, at least for uh, college kids. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's the only line that I could find anywhere about why or how this was made. <laughs> you would think that there would be more people asking, just what were you thinking when yeah. it comes to something like this, but. Apparently, more people are interested in just talking about their more recent work. So, or Harry Potter, or Harry Potter. Yes, exactly. That's their biggest thing. In and this is at the beginning of the show. It has an old version of the Star Kid logo that comes up. This is not the one that they use anymore, but the Star Kid logo they decided on at the time, I guess, was a reference back to their Harry Potter show, featuring Rumble Roar, the headmaster, the lion headmaster of the competing school to Hogwarts pig farts okay that's on the moon so yes founding member Joey Richter is playing himself in the show nowadays he's mostly known for playing a lot of uh, sidekick characters on Nickelodeon sitcoms oh okay and another Joey Joey Walker who plays almost all of their villains and Batman okay. uh, is playing <laughs> is playing his dick and the show opens with, with him singing a song uh, about all the adventures he and his dick have gotten into over the years as he wakes up. Joey Walker is dressed up in uh, a neutral tone suit with 
giant testicles attached to his feet. They're sort of like, they're at the ankles, they sort of bow out. Yeah. In like half circles. Mm-hmm. So it has a pink knit cap. A pink knit cap to be the, the tip of the penis. In this world... <laughs> There's so many questions about the world of this show. Yeah, it's very unclear. <laughs> um, beca- actually, I'll ask this later. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of questions that are brought up as the show goes on. But yeah, the first song is a love letter to Joey's penis from Joey. And he, he right off the bat, the jokes are, are super obvious. Uh, Dick tells Joey, oh, well, I got up before you did. Yeah, there's your, a lot of morning wood. And there's... Your mom came in and I just said hi. <laughs> and it's like, do you want to have sex with my mom? Maybe. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Dad would ground us. That was a pretty funny line. That was a pretty funny joke. Uh, I love Joey Walker's physical acting as Dick. It's nothing like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Frankenstein's monster impressive. But oh, it's like, not like that. No, it's not. But he 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 does a lot with like stiffening of his body or like flopping around when he's up when he's disappointed by something. It's just it's 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 well thought out and uh, Joey Walker is is. Uh, an actor who really likes to try and make his fellow castmates laugh. That's a sentiment I appreciate. That's something yeah. I enjoy doing as well. <laughs> so you can definitely see that a lot of his, a lot of his acting is a lot of the acting in the show from from a lot of people, especially the two Joeys, is very sort of faux sincere, which I appreciate. I find that very funny with like the the sort of like, oh come on, Joey. <laughs> We gotta find a way to get have sex. It just they're they seem to be acknowledging that the material they're doing is sort of by the numbers. Yeah, at places ex- very muchly so. There's a lot of winking at the audience about the cliched nature of, of a lot of the story. So yeah, they're they're they sing to each other about how much they they love being a, a boy in his dick. Um, you can tell this is the only thing that was the original idea for the show, and that's, like I said, they start with this as the premise, and then everything that comes after that is, definitely comes from the fevered mind of a writer being like, and where the hell do we go here, from here? I will say that very quickly this show started to grind against me because the word boobies is said a lot, and I hate the word boobies, I don't like the word boobs. (laughs) Partly because when I was a young boy, I was listening to an Adam Sandler album and singing sure. along with one of the Hanukkah songs out loud. <laughs> and he has a line about Yasmin Bleeth, yep. who used to be on Baywatch, and then it follows up with, yes, her boobs are real. My father heard me say that, Uh-oh. stormed into the room and shouted at me for saying boobs. Oh my god. So that stuck with me. For twenty fucking years, so you've been traumatized. Yeah, so now I just like I just don't like the words. <laughs> I just don't like boobs or boobies, and in this, uh, in real life too, you just don't like. Oh boobs. my god, that's untrue, yeah. and you know it. <laughs> I love busty ladies, um, but I, I mostly describe them as busty or say titties or tutiful. Um. I've heard you say breasts before. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind breasts or tits. Which or... is odd because I find the word breasts way more awkward to say than boobs. I find it awkward as well. It sounds very clinical. It sounds like breasts. A breasts. Yeah. It sounds like I'm trying to talk about hetero things. <laughs> um, that's her, why I normally say her her large heavy breasts. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I mostly say tits, which is probably way crasser than anything else. I don't know. Um, or um, busty. I yeah. like busty. I mean, you get to hear almost every... Like, boobs, boobies and boobs is, is basically the only thing that they refer to to, to boobs as. as. Yeah. But almost every other part of the anatomy gets every word for it name dropped yes, in this they, thing. Yes, they even drop the hard C. They do. At one point. They do hard drop the hard C. Uh... So then enters uh, the character of Sally, played by Jamie Lynn Betty, who's probably my favorite Star Kid cast member. Has she stuck with the team? Yes. Has she gone on to other successes? Uh, I don't know if she's ever done anything beyond Star Kid, other than I know she was in a few commercials. Okay, but uh, she has stuck with Star Kid uh, throughout the run of their uh, existence, and she's one of the ones who's really exploded and become way more talented over time like she's already really good in the show she has she, a lot of presence yeah yeah and but she has just she's she's a, a master of voices she which you get to hear a little bit in this show only a little bit with the way that most of the show she's like oh joey richter and then every once in a while she'll get really mad and just be like joey richter is crying in here <laughs> which is hilarious is another great part yeah but uh yeah, you you get you get you find out more about that as as time goes on. But yeah, she's she's fantastic, and she's playing uh, a nerdy, uh, acne ridden uh, neighbor girl. She's playing the quote unquote ugly girl. Yes, she's actually an attractive woman. Yes, uh, she just needs to take off her glasses and windbreaker. Right. Yeah, and she's uh, she's obsessed with Joey. She's been in, in love with him for years. They've grown up together. Joey calls her a uh, salad he doesn't like her at all no which, she's the least sexy thing he can think of he says which now you've seen this more than i have obviously yes so you can pick up on the sort of winking at the audience that this is very cliche and by the numbers yes i did not get that for a while so in sure. the beginning i was like Oh, I wonder if he's gonna get with Sally. I right? If... No, it's it's obvious right from the beginning he's gonna get with Sally. But yeah, the 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 cast. Yeah, they try and and make up for that by like really winking at the audience with like, uh like would they literally describe Sally that way? They they say when I think of when I think of Vanessa, the little Jewish girl at school, who's the popular girl that he's obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. You've seen this. Uh, he's he's like oh I, I she's so sexy but when I think of Sally it's just oh <laughs> and that's all that they say she's a salad yeah uh, and but, a Wendy salad he says which is another funny line yes when he refers to her as a Wendy salad and then he says <clears throat> this is towards the end after he's gained a newfound appreciation for yeah uh, she's like a cheesecake factory salad right yeah which I've never eaten at cheesecake I've, factory they're not around here I I don't think I've ever eaten at cheesecake factory I think that there is one. Up in Maine, I just don't think I've ever eaten there because like, I don't like cheesecake that much. I mean, I like it's not just cheesecake. It's not like I assumed like, that that's what it was. It's just you assumed it was just like a big trough of cheesecake. I assumed like, it was an actual factory where you're just like sitting behind beside really loud machinery eating cheesecake as it comes out of it, as it comes off the assembly line, as it comes off the assembly line. Yeah. Did you think you had to work there to make it too? Like you paid for this experience? <laughs> like it was a fantasy camp at like the Sarah Lee Company where it's like. Come on down to the Cheesecake Factory. and I assume that's where all the cheesecake came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you were confused why you had to pay to do this right. monotonous labor. Seriously, like, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm doing them a favor by yeah. being there, yeah. 
Yeah. I love cheesecake, but I've not heard great things about it. And oh, also, really? it's. Nick apparently, Kroll, their salad is pretty good. Apparently, Nick Kroll had a joke where he referred to it as the diarrhea refinery. <laughs> that sounds like a Nick Kroll joke. Also, it's heavily featured on the program Big Bang Theory. Ah. That's where the ladies work. Oh, that's right. They do. Yeah. Now I remember that. I don't watch Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I watched a good amount of it at one point because I was like, man, I hate the Big Bang Theory. Wait, I've never watched it. Right. So I should watch some so I can actually hate it. And turns out, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I've... There were no surprises there. Very attractive women on that show. Though. Oh, yeah. Well, it's TV. It is television. Yeah. I yeah I I watched a couple of episodes just finding it on TV once and I was just like yeah this is as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. One thing that will always stick for me from that show is the character Howard is talking about how his mother doesn't use computers because she's afraid she'll get a computer virus. <laughs> and I'm like this is a fucking joke from like a mid 90s like jokes for computer kids yeah this is like something if bob hope were still alive this is the joke you would tell so yeah they're obsessed with this girl vanessa the little jewish girl from school why why do they keep mentioning she's jewish that never has anything to i don't i thought it was going to lead to like a foreskin joke or something like oh yeah that would have been interesting but no they they just they're just they just really like that she's little and jewish and they're obsessed with that but they never they never I, yeah. I kept waiting for a payoff to that. Like, I, my only guess is that maybe because it was written so quickly, maybe that's an inside joke between the actual cast. Gotcha. Because the audience certainly seems to find that funny. The audience finds some things funny, which I don't quite get <laughs> at times. Joey's getting ready. We cut to Sally. And uh, the next logical step, when you have a show where a guy's talking to his penis the entire time... And you have a female character who is also a viewpoint character, is to have her talk to her vagina. Yep. So her Miss Cooter enters the scene, who is southern and wonderful and did nothing wrong. Yes, she is. <laughs> Why is she southern? Is it because she comes from down south on the human anatomy? The actress who plays her, as far as I know, in as far as I can remember, has only played one other part. In uh, the Star Kid canon, and that's Cho Chang in the Harry Potter musicals. Okay. In which the joke is also that Cho Chang enters the scene with a couple of other girls, one of them Asian, and they assume that Cho Chang is the Asian one, and the Asian one says, a Bitch, I ain't Cho Chang. <laughs> and then it's, Ha ha, I'm Cho Chang, y'all. And that's the joke for the rest of the franchises that gotcha. I'm Cho Chang. Uh,. So, my only guess is that that might be just her actual accent. Uh, okay. It's very broad. You would it not is. Think I it would did not be... think it was real. <laughs> it was um, her accent. God bless her. Yeah. But at least, at the very least, uh, she does it well and they decided to incorporate it again because they found it funny. Yeah. Is constantly unfolding new levels of yes ands to the premise. Mm-hmm. Initially, you just think, okay, so it's a guy and his dick. This is going to be about like, sexual discovery with the sort of comic premise that he can talk to his dick. Like, what would you say to your dick if you could talk to it? And then, as the show goes on, you begin to realize, no, in this universe, dicks talk. They can talk to each other. They can talk to other people. 
uh, vaginas talk, vaginas and dicks talk. They talk to each other. They talk to each other. They talk to other body parts. At one point, Joey calls his dick an asshole, and his dick says, don't compare me to those guys. <laughs> they take this premise as literally as possible to an almost uncomfortable degree. Yeah. I just yeah. wish it were more consistent, because at one point, a very funny line is, please don't touch me with your penis. <laughs> Um, so this this is where you begin to realize, because they, they go to school, Joey and Sally head to school, and when they get to school, uh, Sally is still talking to Joey, and the dick runs up to another cast member and says, what a salad, right? And grabs the guy on the shoulder, and the guy says, please don't touch me with your penis! <laughs> <laughs> Which... You suddenly realize, oh no, the dick has a mind of its own and can go and touch people if it wants. But it also makes it sound like Joey is like... <laughs> winging it around and like touching this guy with it, yeah. Because it's like, don't touch me with your penis, not please don't touch me. Yeah, you're a penis or something like that. Right. So it's my mind is always like going like, well, what are the exact logistics of this? Right. So again, very much a an improv game where they just keep developing layers for it as the show goes on, and then probably didn't bother to go back and make sure that everything was consistent with the, the way that the show goes later. Gotcha. It's just, uh, let's have Joey talk to this guy. Oh, wait, but then he's like, don't touch me with your penis. That's fucking hilarious. That guy who gets touched with the penis uh, is then the voice of the school hating Joey for the rest of the show. Yes, which he was my favorite character. I know. <laughs> every, time, every time Joey's at his lowest point, he pops in and just talks about how much the school hates Joey. <laughs> Anytime someone says, like, uh, like someone calls him a limp dick at some point, and he pops, is like, what? Everybody! I want to point out that at one point, when Joey's talking to his penis about how to get Vanessa, mm. one, there's a dick in the box reference. There is a dick in the box reference. Which, it's college kids, are going to put a few reference in there, but yes. it felt cheap to me because you're just taking someone else's... It's, they never call it a dick in the box, and the reference that they give is Big Sausage Pizza. Which is the reference I want to address, because that is yeah. an actual porn series. Right. Which I have not heard in 12 years. <laughs> uh, so it was that was a nice trip down memory lane. Right. Where it's like, oh yeah, there was a porn series where a guy would cut a hole in a pizza, yeah. then put his dick through it, Right. And bring it to women, and they would open the pizza box and not be disappointed that their food was ruined, <laughs> but rather be happy that this man had his penis out. Yeah, just the big sausage pizza. <laughs> oh no, I don't think that she'll be mad. Jewish girls love pizza, especially big sausage pizza. Uh, Which again, I was waiting for a reference to the Jewish thing, being like someone would go like, "That's not kosher." Oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. But yeah, um, the show even more blatantly blares at you. Joey and Sally are getting together by the fact that they're dressed the same. Are they? They have the same pattern on their clothes. Oh, I didn't notice. And the same color scheme when they show up. Just a, a random note, Joey is wearing a blue headband through most of the show. Yeah. This was a, a trademark of Joey Richter's. I, I assumed it must have been. Yeah, he just wore headbands all the time. To the point where they made it a plot point in their Avatar parody, Starship Ranger. Or okay. no, just Starship. Uh, where he had to wear the blue headband to enter the Avatar. 
That's uh, James Cameron's Avatar, not uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar: The Last Airbender, by the not way. Not M Night Shyamalan's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Miss Cooter is southern and wonderful. Did nothing wrong. She's she and all the other vaginas. Yes, there are other vaginas in the show. Uh, is dressed in like a pink flowy dress. Mm-hmm. That's how they signify vagina. Vanessa, the Jewish girl, enters. And Joey and Dick start singing about how they're ready to go. That's like, after me and my dick, that's the big opening number as everyone in their various states of mind and their various uh, motivations singing about how they're just so ready to go. It's the townsfolk song where everyone gets together and talks about how they're going to put on the big show. Yeah, and again, this is when you start to realize, well, you start to realize from the very beginning, A, uh, the recording is is crap. Yes, uh, it, it's their one of their earliest shows. Like I said, the shitty audio shitty audio equipment was used to record the production. There is a cast album, so you can hear it more clearer if you want to. During the credits, you hear a crisp recording, which sounded much you hear better. a crisp recording uh, by Darren Chris singing one of his songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Darren Chris is in this. He's not in it, but he sings on the credits. Gotcha. It's like when they have Elton John sing one of his songs from the Disney movie you just saw. Gotcha. Um, Elton John uh, provided the soundtrack for Sherlock Gnomes. Yes, he did. That was that Sherlock Gnomes and Gnomeo and Juliet were both made through a production company specifically designed to keep Elton John's music in the public eye. Are you serious? I'm serious. It's a film production company he established to make kids' movies with his songs so that other generations can grow up with his songs. Oh, I thought he just fucking... Nope. ...wanted to release his album and was like... Find me a kid's movie. Let, nope. Find me a movie to... Jesus. No, he made both is... of those movies. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for his gay baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine, like, Elton John's your dad. You can get any entertainment in the world. And he's like, look what I got. Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes. Which is... He is the kind of guy that would make his kids watch his own movies. Well, whenever some celebrity does a shitty kids movie, they're always like, I want something my kids could watch. Right, yeah. We meet Vanessa and her best friend, Tiff, who is set up right off the bat as the school slut. Yes. She is just the horniest of people. Mm-hmm. And here's where the slut shaming yeah. really comes in and a lack mm-hmm. of understanding about how vaginas actually work. <laughs> Um, which yes which... again when we talk about sophomoric the understanding of anatomy is very sophomoric yeah. as well so you get to meet their vaginas vanessa's vagina is flopsy who is uh sort of stereotypical quivering 1920s socialite they're both dressed like flappers for some reason yes they are they're dressed like flappers oh that was probably a joke oh Flapper. yeah which is it makes sense for tiff because yeah and tiff's has the old snatch yes and who is one of the most endearing characters in the show i love the character i love the actor (laughs) i just wish it wasn't attached to like yeah if you fuck a lot your pussy gets worn out right which is not a thing no which Which actually a lot of people still believe that it's not a thing a lot of people do so i guess we can skip that question on my sex ed quiz that i have for you (laughs) which let, let me ask the first question right now okay go right ahead why should people with vaginas pee after sex I don't know. I've heard that, but I've never understood that. To avoid urinary tract infections. Oh, that's right. I did know that. And my second question was, the amount, true or false, the amount of sexual partners permanently changes the appearance of a labia? Uh, I'm guessing no. False. Okay. That's what we were talking about before. Oh, okay. Like you, it All doesn't... Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the labels of different things. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to get a diagram out, but that would obviously not work. Not work on in an the audio podcast. format. Yeah. But we need to get we, a, we need to get a set together and make this a talk show. We should. <laughs> the old the old snatches is, is this is depicted as this old uh very gruff. Very gruff person. Both of bearded. these vaginas are played by men. Which why I get why they did that for the old snatch yeah. to make it more grizzled. But why yeah. do you think they did it for Flopsy? I think they did it for Flopsy because Brian Holden was one of the writers. He plays Flopsy. Mm-hmm. And he, I think they probably just thought, they were probably writing it and he started doing the voice for Flopsy and they were like, this is too funny, just gotcha. put it in. And it is funny, he's very it funny is, in the role. He's hilarious. And it's, it's yeah, now Brian Holden is, is absolutely hilarious. My favorite line from him in any Starkid musical is... Also from that show Starship I mentioned earlier, where he plays a yuppie bad guy, and he's running around shooting everyone with a with a joint, and he says, "That's right, I'm smoking pot." Gold Snatch is annoyed because Tiff fucks everyone and anyone, and she's all she's like, "I've I've seen it all, I've seen it all," and Flopsy is annoyed because Vanessa is monogamous with her boyfriend Rick. But apparently Rick's dick is a little bit too rough, and she is annoyed by that. But it turns out that Rick and Vanessa have maybe broke up, because Rick was spotted cheating on her, and she didn't talk to him about it and just assumed that that had happened. So we learned later that he didn't cheat on her. This was... Like I said, I could not hear a lot of this. Yeah. And for... The first half of when I was watching this, I had a very janky fan in my ear. Um, mm. So that made... I eventually turned it off because I'm like, oh, this makes hearing easier. <laughs> um, sure. But so I didn't catch all the details about... I got the Rick was cheating on her. Yeah. I did, and I thought they had just, like... She had decided to split up. That's kind of the way that it's it's put in the beginning, but then later you find out she never talked to him about it. She just heard the rumor and was like, well, I guess we're done. Oh, okay. And which is why they end up, spoilers, they end up getting back together yeah. in the end. Tiff is shocked. She says, WT, fuck! Uh, and then suggests that Vanessa go for a revenge fuck with someone very much below herself, namely Joey Richter. Yes. The whole cast finishes singing So Ready to Go, and Sally and Miss Cooter start talking about how they're going to woo Joey, leading to another one of my favorite lines. Miss Cooter telling Sally she needs to tell Joey that she wants him to make wild and passionate love to her until she dies a naked and sexy death. (laughs) Sally interprets this as asking Joey to go study, and she ends up accidentally asking, gets confused and ends up asking, I want to make Caribbean study with you! (laughs) I love Jamie Lynn Betty so much. But then Tiff and Vanessa come in and they ask, uh, Joey and Sally have already decided to be uh, lab partners in their, their school project. Sally has this grand idea for a, a noir film themed, noir. A f- film noir themed uh, science project she really wants to do that uh, we get to hear bits and pieces of uh, on occasion. But Tiff and Vanessa come in and, and Vanessa says, uh, that she really wants to work with Joey all night long in her parents' place <laughs> with the mirror on the ceiling over the master bedroom, which the dick says, oh man, her kink- parents are kinky. That's an inherited trait. That's another line I also enjoyed. <laughs> Joey immediately gets excited by that, and he tells Sally, thank you so much. Sally did not have a, a say in this. Joey said, just said, okay, I'm doing this now. 
Sally's now stuck with Tiff. And he says, Sally, thank you so much for letting me do this because group projects are where marriages happen. <laughs> so thank you so much for giving all that up so that I can have that with Vanessa and not with you. <laughs> now, I was just thinking, this is jumping back a little bit. Yeah. How would you explain to a child why there's a mirror on the ceiling? Uh, Let's do some role play. Okay. I'm your child. Okay. I'm let I'll be your son. Okay. Hey pops. Hey son. Why is there a mirror on your bedroom ceiling? Uh well, um sometimes I want to look at myself while I'm sleeping. How do you do that with your eyes closed, pops? Well, not when I'm sleeping sleeping, but when I'm falling asleep, I look up and I see myself in the mirror. Uh, as I'm getting ready to sleep, and I think that's a handsome guy. And How I fall can you asleep. see with the lights off? Um, your mom and I like to watch each other fuck each other. Okay. <laughs> can I watch? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> that's what the multiple cameras are for. And scene. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd be a good dad. Thanks. <laughs> Joey is so excited that Sally gave up time to spend with him so that he could have sex with Vanessa that they hug but I guess they hug a little bit too close because Dick gets to meet Miss Cooter which is you'd think they would have met before you think they would have hugged on another occasion like Christmas uh, sure, like Christmas uh, sure but apparently this is a, a very close hug and the Dick just sort of wanders too close to the Cooter and they meet and instantly fall in love. Of course. Yeah. They sing a, they sing a song. Probably uh, my least favorite song. I, I get it. <laughs> uh, the tune is bad. The singing is very lackluster. Yes. The audience is cracking up during the dance for some reason. Uh, the audience is, is, is really enjoying this. I think probably because of... Oh, I know what it is. When they're dancing... If you, you have to have seen it a couple of times, but if you look in the background while they're dancing, Joey Richter and Jamie Lynn Betty uh, are still hugging, <laughs> and they've got their crotches up against each other, and they just start, like, rotating gotcha. in a circle, because their crotches are dancing over here, so obviously they're doing something over here. So they're, I think that's probably what the audience was laughing at, just that Okay, because I was choice. very confused. Yeah. I thought that... This audience would later be hired to be the Big Bang Theory audience. Just <laughs> fucking laughing at nothing. Just laughing at... Have you s seen any of those uh, cuts that they do of the Big Bang Theory or any other sitcom, like Friends, where online, they where they them. remove the laugh track and then realize like how miserable everything is? Yeah, yeah. I have. It's, 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 it's surreal and upsetting. It's and great. It it's is art. great. It's also why I prefer show sitcoms like The Good Place, where the humor comes from... Yeah. Not people being terrible to each other. Right. Or not... There's not this gloss of, oh, we're all really good friends, even though we're fucking assholes to each other all the time. It's like, right. these are selfish people. These are bad people. They're not... Yeah. yeah. Especially... especially um, Friends feels like that when you watch it without a laugh track. It feels like... 
like cuz cuz there's always those really long pauses where they're waiting for the laugh track to end yeah. and there's a lot of a lot of the jokes in that are just like people saying the worst things to each other yeah. and then there's just a long pause it's kind of like community gets away with it because the characters say horrible things with each other, to each other but then like the show moves on immediately yeah but if you remove that laugh track in that space it's just people acting horrified that someone said something horrible to them and you suddenly realize oh shit and community, it's also a thing where there's this ongoing struggle within the show of, are we friends? Are we just a study group? How close actually are we? Right. Um, do we fuck? Do we not fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, MASH, in other countries, does not have a laugh track. Does it not? No. Interesting. Because it's a fucking horrifying show about the horrors of war. It is a horrifying show, yeah. They I've... just drink martinis sometimes. <laughs> like that's. I've never come away from an episode of MASH... Without being horribly depressed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a fun show. It's, <laughs> it's one of the most iconic comedies of the American history. The fucking theme song is called Suicide is Painless. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, another another piece of art uh, where someone has taken another form of artwork and, and changed it that I really love. There's a Tumblr where they post... Uh, Garfield strips without Garfield. Without Garfield, yes, and brilliant. It's, it's just John. The and madness of John Arbuckle. The madness of John Arbuckle. That is an amazing piece of art. It's great. And just another quick recommendation while we're talking about Garfield. Yes, Lasagna Cat. So yeah, after the love song is over and, and Miss Cooter and, and the Dick have met, it suddenly abruptly ends when they they break off the hug, and Joey is is very embarrassed by what just happened. Neville re-enters the scene and says. Now Joey's got a boner. Joey Richter is wiener wild. <laughs> I did. I did love that phrase, wiener wild. There's also another thing I like about this show. There's there's constant references to previous adventures. Yeah, it makes the entire thing feel like the movie version of an animated sitcom. Like the Goofy movie or something. Like, yeah, we've seen these people in like everyday situations. They always like very at the very beginning. Joey's like, "How am I supposed to get laid when I have a wacky dick that's getting me into all sorts of wacky situations?" <laughs> so Vanessa's getting ready to to have sex with Joey. There, she's getting ready at at her parents' house. Tiff brings over a box of props. To help, including beers, condoms, sex toys. And did you get the joke with the beer? Because I feel the audience did not. I did, and I wanted to talk about that. Okay. Because it's, Tiff says, the guy at the liquor store has the jailbait hots for me. Which is one of the only references in the show, there are like four or five references in the show, to how young the characters are actually supposed to be. Because yeah. they are supposed to be in high school. Mm-hmm. Which means that they are underage, and I wish that they would stop referencing that, because the actors are clearly not underage. Yes. So that's fine, but uh, anything involving high school kids having sex makes me uncomfortable. I don't like the sexualization of high school that is pervaded our culture. Uh, okay. It makes me upset. Is this because the only person, other person in your high school was your mom? <laughs> I had siblings. True. I didn't know if they went to school with you or if I imagine like you just being in a room alone with your mother being taught. Okay. No, I I just find it uh, annoying because 
I understand that a lot of kids have their sexual awakening in high school, and I understand that's where it comes from. So yeah, it, it puts undue pressure on on kids who don't want to do it. it. More than that, it it puts in the mind of adult men that that high school girls, high school girls, or are, high school boys, or high school boys, are sexual creatures. Are sexual creatures, and I mean, I the sexualization of children is a whole other thing we could get into. Which we're not going to, but no. like the sexualization of high school, I think is it's it's bad for high school kids. It's bad for adults. There's this idea that you know we have those like magazines are like barely legal and stuff like that, or, or porn videos that are like just turned eighteen, like all this stuff. And I just uh, it's it, I, I think it's all very gross. Yes, yeah, I don't like it. So in this show, I give the show a pass one because again, they were young, they didn't know any better. Yeah. They're playing to tropes. They're playing to tropes, and but yeah, every once in a while they they reference that the jailbait hots for me. Oh my god, and that that makes me upset. This is one of the reasons why, as much as it's very popular now, very popular musical now is be more chill. I can't stand it because okay. it's all about high school sex. Okay, and I I understand that that makes me a bit of a prude, but. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. High schoolers fuck. I think if, I if a plot is going to be like just like high schoolers are fucking because they do. Yeah. I didn't. Right. Um, I didn't. Yeah. Well, again, it was just you and your mom. <laughs> I, I, you interacted, were I interacted with other kids. Yeah, but you did <laughs> penis interact with them. <laughs> That's true. I did not penis interact with other kids. I had some penis shenanigans. I just didn't get laid. <laughs> Um, you, had, you were homeschooled. We should probably yes, I was homeschooled, that. but I did interact with other kids because I was in theater programs with other schools, and I invo- was involved in what they call co-ops, where different parents would teach different classes. Uh, so if you so you got to lust for women other than your mother, I did get to lust for women other than my mother. Yes, that's good. Yeah, it's good for a young boy to branch it's, out. It's it's healthy, but yeah, actually, that's that brings up a good point. So part of the reason why this show is so important to me is that I did grow up in a very sheltered household. I came from a very conservative, very Christian family. Still a Christian. Um, no longer really a conservative um, at all. Uh, I, I seem to grow more socialist with every passing day. Uh, but uh, I, because of that, uh, I did not have a great understanding of the human body. Okay. And in especially sexual things made me very uncomfortable. Which is why you're fucking failing this quiz so far. Right, exactly. Even when we got to college, uh, we were just having a class about the vagina monologues, and the professor said, if anyone is too squicked out by something like this, you can walk out. And I, and I was the only one who walked out. And you said, a talking vagina, no sir. <laughs> Uh, something like that. I, I just walked out. And, and so I I had seen, I believe at this point, I'd seen their Harry Potter musical and I'd seen their Batman musical, Holy okay. Musical Batman. Now, my now wife at the time, uh, just friend, Kaylee, tricked me into watching this. And What, she slipped you a roofie and you woke <laughs> up watching it? No, she was like, oh, there's another Starkid musical we could watch. Click, and it starts playing. And then she straps me down and puts the Alex DeLarge, uh yeah, the Ludovico thing, to my face, and uh, I'm watching it, and it's 
like right off from when you said it's me and my dick and the guy pops up with a hat i was immediately you start screaming internally yeah <laughs> like i was i was just like what uh six six uh, and up but, to that point, you'd always put a black bar over your own penis so you didn't have to look at it. Right, yeah. I'd never seen my own penis. You were a never nude. I was a never nude, yeah. No, I would I would go into the... Uh, I, I had a special tuxedo for showers. Yeah, just watching the show and, and just... It was, it was really like a baptism of fire of just like, get over it. So this was the raunchiest thing you had ever seen. This was the absolute raunchiest thing i'd ever seen so as a child you never watched like south park or never or watched south like park that. never i wasn't allowed to watch the simpsons when I was oh my kid. yeah a network Which, television show a network television show tamer as it goes on i believe uh, yeah no i was not because at the time when simpsons came out back in the 90s the the word on the street was it was destroying the american family well george bush addressed it george bush said the families in america need to be more like the waltons than the simpsons was that senior or junior a uh, senior okay uh yeah yeah so um my parents heard that and didn't bother to look any further into it gotcha so <laughs> they also didn't want you watching a show with colored people on it no they they were fine with that, that. <laughs> They they were fine with the Cosby Show, okay, which bit them in the ass later, you know. Yeah, but like, did they ever apologize to you for that? No. Oh, you should like, demand an apology. I mean, I I I wouldn't apologize. I wouldn't make you watch that sweater rapist. I wouldn't ask them to apologize because that was my favorite show. Yeah. when I was a kid, still holds a special place in my heart. I just can't watch it ever again. That's fine. Yeah, That's, I appreciate your integrity. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, tr- I, I tried because the cast of that show is still really good. But yeah. I, I just can't look at him, you know. Well, just look at Malcolm Jamal Warner. <laughs> I tried. Oh, who hasn't? I tried looking at Felicia Rashad because she's oh, amazing. Yeah. But, no, just can't. Just Did can't they have it. a mother switch on that show, too, or was nope. that just Fresh Prince? That was just Fresh, that was the aunt switch. And yeah, oh, okay. That, they, that was Fresh Prince. She was a mother to some people on that show. They did do a sibling ad in the pilot episode, in the first couple of episodes. They have a certain number of children, and then suddenly they're like, oh, no, we have another child. She's just at college. Gotcha. Because they decided to make it more like Bill Cosby's actual family, as opposed to... Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, there is actually an episode where Bill Cosby roofies his entire family. Oh, no. That's actually real. It is? Yep. I'm not making this up as a bit. Was it like he needs to get some peace and quiet, so he... Yes. Is he trying to make a souffle? <laughs> no. Damn it! I love souffle pl- plots. The 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 uh, the family is fighting, so he gives them an extra special uh, bit of food or drink or something. It's probably a chocolate which, cake. That motherfucker has, loves talking about chocolate cake. Maybe, which has roofies in it, and everybody just starts getting really lovey with each other. Uh. Yeah, yeah. There are always warning signs. There are always warning signs. Apparently there's also like a Charlie Rose interview where he's talking about how much he loved to drug women. Well, he he had a bit on one of his albums about Spanish Fly, um, which uh, was something he would slip in their drink. Yeah. Yeah, so. What a gross, disgusting human. Yeah. Who I looked up to for many years. Love Jell-O Pudding Pops, though. Uh, so much of my sense of humor is based around him. Anyway, so, like I was saying, so this was like 
as Robin Williams once said to someone who had been vegetarian and was trying to start eating meat, if you're a brave person, spam, because it's like every part of the cow at once. <laughs> uh, this was my every part of the cow at once. Gotcha. When it came to sex, and and uh, especially because while it's called me and my dick, the vagina is very represented in, yes. in this thing. And I think that it was the vagina more than anything that I was terrified of. And uh, the female body in general. And this really helped, I think, That's good. to realize that there was nothing to be afraid of. And it was, everything is just stupid and nobody knows their body. Now, when you first encountered a vagina, were you expecting it to sing? Were you disappointed that it like, didn't burst into song? I was. I had floodlights set up. Did you and sort I of was... grab it and move it like a mouth? And, like... <laughs> no, I, I let it have its Hello, time. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> I let it have its time to perform. And then when it didn't, you stormed out and like, I, I guess I'm not good enough. That's right. The uh, Vaginas are my singing frog. <laughs> I'm just always waiting. I'm telling you, it sings. It sings. Just look at it. Here, you had a top hat on a moment ago. Sir, I don't know where you find that. Found that vagina, or why it's in a box. But we need to arrest you now. How did you manage to find a loose vagina? You put a top hat on it, you sick son of a bitch. This is, this is an odd sequel to *The Handing in Spokane*. I was going to say it's a weird version of Seven. Where all the crimes are based around old Looney Tunes. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, instead of a severed severed uh, collection of severed hands, it was a collection of severed vaginas. Oh, man. <laughs> think about that a lot. I think about severed vaginas quite a lot. Well, clearly. I'm a sick fuck. This all, this fucking 40-minute tangent <laughs> came because I asked you if you got the joke about the beer. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I, I got the joke. What's the joke? Uh, the jailbait hots for me? No, it's a non-alcoholic beer. Oh, it's is that O'Doul's. what O'Doul's is? Yeah. Oh. No, I didn't get that Yeah. Joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we established. Granted, we got a lot of important talk out of the way. Your feelings about high school sexuality and yeah. uh, a lot of Cosby show talk. A lot of Cosby show talk. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the audience got that either. I, um, I definitely don't think that they did, uh, which is too bad because now that I think about it, now that I know that, they come back to that joke an awful lot in, over the course of the next scene. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk, yeah, from which is, drinking all those beers. This was probably my favorite scene of the whole thing because this is a really funny scene. The scene where he's trying to seduce her. Yes. Well, well he, she's trying to seduce him. And his dick, who is in love with Miss Cooter, yeah. is very, like, keeps telling him, like, no, 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 this is, she's not into you, you're getting the messages wrong. So, Vanessa's really trying to convince him to have sex, uh, and Joey is trying to be smooth and not threatening, so they they keep crossing wires. Again, the dick is not into this at all. He just keeps telling him, like... That he's interpreting the signals wrong, that she's not right. doesn't want to have sex with him. I think every guy has had a situation like this where they're like, "Is that it? Was that the yeah? Was that the thing?" My my favorite part is Vanessa says, "When I drink beers, I lose all my inhibitions, and anyone could do anything to me, like have sex, for example. It would be fun and easy for anyone who was interested." <laughs> 
And Joey, after consulting his dick, says, Don't worry, no one's gonna have sex with you while I'm here. <laughs> no matter how many beers you drink. <laughs> and then she finally just says, I want to have sex with you. And Joey says, she wants to have sex with us. She does? Yeah. Yay, I did it. <laughs> uh, and then when it comes to the actual sex, and it's still funny. And here's where the actor who plays Dick's great physicality comes in. Yes. Playing the nervous Dick, trying to find Flopsy in the dark. He lights a giant match uh, yeah. to try and find Flopsy. He finds her, and then... Uh, yeah, his great physicality comes in. He keeps he keeps going for it, and then going limp, and then just going completely limp and and going off the to the side like the X wing fighters trying to hit that hole in the in the Death Star just keeps missing. Uh, he, he even tries to sing the same song that he sang with uh, Cooter. Which one of my favorite lines comes in <laughs> when Flopsy snaps at him? I'm not gonna fucking sing with you. <laughs> Just get in, wiggle around, and get out. You just—that's that. Do you just want me to wiggle? Which is another stereotype I did not. Uh, both Vanessa and Tiff embody, well, not at least their vaginas embody yeah. native stereotypes, where the stereotype of that women don't enjoy sex and sure. are cold and prudes. Right, which is disproved by the end. Yes, it's the attitudes about sex that the characters have that's wrong. Not yes the sex itself and Vanessa finally gets tired of Joey yelling and yelling at his dick yelling at his dick and waving it around as she puts it and uh, tells him to get out of her parents house just throws him out onto the street Joey and his dick start arguing the dick reveals that he's still thinking about Sally and that if they're gonna try and have sex again that's who they really should be trying to have sex with Joey says he was wishes he was born without a dick and here's where I thought it was going to become an It's a Wonderful Life thing. <laughs> where it's like, just, it like, it goes into a dream sequence where it's, and that's what I thought when the heart first came out, he's just going to like, you got your wish! Right. And like, it just like, Joey's adventures without his dick. But. Right. But again, like, this is where the yes and thing happens, where it's like, this is, and and it almost becomes a demented version of Toy Story. Yes. Where uh, Joey and his dick are at odds, and his dick literally pops off of his body uh, and walks away. Uh, which is not quite as disturbing in a live stage show as it would be in real life. Yeah. Like, the way I'm saying this, the people who haven't seen it, who are listening to this, are probably imagining something really horrifying. But uh, he just he just, just wanders away. off. He just walks away, and it's it's made clear that yeah he does not have a dick. His dick has left his body and walked away from him. Uh, he do, he has no genitals. He's entirely smooth down there. And is that the end of Act One? That is not the end of Act One. Now that he is no he as as a a boy in the middle of a puberty, he's entirely ruled by his dick. But mm -hmm. once his dick is gone. There's time for other voices, there's space for other voices to come in. And so he starts to listen to his heart, is the next song. And his heart comes in, played by A.J. Holmes, one of the probably most talented actors, and one of my, definitely my favorite actors to ever be a part of Star Kid. He doesn't, he doesn't show up as often as I would like, but every time he does, 
is amazing. He has a monologue in the very Potter senior year about how much he wants to be the king of the rat people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's usually conducting or writing music behind the scenes, so he doesn't play as many parts as I would like, but he plays the heart doing a hilarious Ed Wynn impression. Oh, is that who it's supposed that's to be? Supposed, that's who it's supposed to be. <laughs> Listen to your heart, Joey. Listen to your heart. <laughs> and it's... Uh, Oh my god, it's It's incredible. fantastic. It's my favorite part of the show. Oh my god, it is the best part of the show. It's it's when Starkid fans talk about shows, this show does not get brought up a lot. Mm. But the heart always does. Gotcha. Specifically this one bit <laughs> during the song, the heart is very emotional. In psychotically so. Psychotically so. And so it's it's very it, it, it's it's very sweet sometimes, and it wants uh, Joey to be romantic. But if anything goes even slightly wrong, it freaks the fuck out. <laughs> and one of my favorite, one of everyone's favorite lines in any Starkid song, any Starkid fan will tell you, is when he's singing about, listen to your heart, Joey, about we're going to romance her doing this, we're going to take her to Paris, we're going to do all this. As it's so she'll promise to stay, so she won't go away. Grabs Joey by the lapels. Don't let her get away, <laughs> Joey. We she can't get away. It's just, oh my god, I can't, I can't. Yeah. This guy. Uh, also, they bring up Spider Man. It's a rule in Starkid show. Spider Man has to be brought up at least once in okay. every show. Also, uh, there's usually Disney references in their shows as well, but Spider Man. They talk about Spider-Man and Mary Jane being the ultimate romance story. <laughs> of course. Of course. Remember that what Jane Austen once said, sometimes your true love turns out to be the person you initially disliked. Which becomes a running theme throughout the rest of the show, and already has been a running theme, but now yeah. they've explicitly stated it. And the heart convinces Joey to propose to Vanessa. <laughs> The logical next step. Of course. After you fail to have sex, just propose uh, with a ring that is revealed later he stole, stole from, from his, his mother. mother. <laughs> that was a great little bit. Uh, and that's the end of Act 1. Alright, well let's do another sex ed quiz question then take a little break. Okay, sure. Now this one has a bonus answer, which I don't expect you to get, but if you can also name it, okay. you can get another point. Alright. How do hormonal birth control pills work? Just vaguely. How do hormonal birth control pills work? I used to know this. They uh, disrupt uh, the uh, hormonal balance in, in the woman to stop the egg and the sperm from meeting. By doing what, though? What is different? Uh I don't remember. You know what? I'll give you a full point because you got like half of both of them. Okay. It disrupts the hormonal balance to stop ovulation. And sperm can't fertilize an egg that's not there. Oh, right. Okay. It also thickens the cervical mucus. Oh, so right. making it harder for sperm to even get into the uterus. Right, to begin right. With. So you have one point out of a potential three. <laughs> this is be You're doing better than uh, three Devahu. <laughs> So, Act 2 opens with Dick walking around downtown, saying hi, very friendly Dick, to people, and people freaking out <laughs> yeah. that there's a Dick walking around. Uh, my favorite one, of course, being the guy who just says, Fuck, Fuck you! you! 
like repeatedly <laughs> over and over again. Now I have a it. question. Would yes. you do you like the uh, costume designs for the genitals, or would you prefer if they had like a little bit more? They look more realistic. No, I, I I think that it's 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 definitely good for what they could probably do. True, and I, and especially for dancing, it'd be hard to be dressed up as a labia and be dancing around. Right, I I think it's it's just suggestive enough without going over the top. I do wish the penises had like uh, eye patches over one eye, so they were just had the, were one eyed monsters. Oh, one eyed monster! That's pretty funny. I like that. I'll pitch it to him. You'll pitch it to him. I'll send him. Hey, if you ever remake this, I would be interested in seeing a sequel or a remake of this that incorporates more up-to-date sexual politics. That'd be interesting because uh, I have so many questions about because obviously we know that Dick likes Sally and Joey at this point does not, or at mm. least he thinks he does not. Does that mean that Dicks can like that genitals can like people that the people who possess them do not in this universe seems to like in, and could you go even further are there gay dicks but straight people that'd be interesting yeah like what i i know that it originally this started out as analogy but now that we've established them as separate organisms that exist in some sort of symbiotic relationship yeah clearly there's something else going on there i did like the touch and they lose it in the second act and a little bit before that, where the genitals are attached to some of the possessors by, like, one of those dog leashes that, yes. like, stretches out, like the nylon cord. Yes, and whenever they separate, they, they take the cord off of their belt yeah. and, and walk away. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, bit of connectivity there. And it turns out... Uh, apparently, although this is a, a weird happening, and Joey certainly wasn't expecting it to have his dick walk away, it's not unprecedented. There are other lost dicks. There are many. There's a cult of lost dicks. The two ones that we meet are Big T, stands for Big Tallywhacker, and Ween, or Weenie, mm -hmm. who is a tiny dick. Body shaming. Yep. They mug Dick at first when they first meet him and make him shake his balls. Yeah. They, they have a thing about watching balls shake. They love it. They, they love least that. Big Tallywhacker does. Big Tallywhacker loves to watch the balls shake. Big Tallywhacker is also black. He is black. He is a stereotypical... The stereotype about black men's dicks being big. He mm -hmm. is the... That. Physically the largest... He's yeah. the tallest person in the show. Tallest person in the show. He's the biggest, blackest dick. He's that card from Cards Against Humanity. Mm -hmm. um, Speaks sort of jivey, as yes. does Weenie. Yes, they they both speak in a very sort of urban patois. Urban patois. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, Ween's backstory is that he was almost eaten by a bird. Yeah, and then uh, who thought he was a tiny worm? Very tiny worm. Yeah, and uh, Big T saved him somehow. Ween and T take Dick to the land of the dicks. There is a pretty funny line where when Big Tallywhacker is talking about what they do there, it's like chew bubble gum. <laughs> As one of the things that, like, they get to spend their time doing. Yep. That's, yep. Uh, and they sing a song about the land of the dicks. This might be my favorite song in the show. Partially because it has the most well-choreographed dance number. Yeah. With all the dicks doing a, a stand-up dicky dance. It's And there's also a hint of something that is referenced later. When they enter the land of the dicks, Dick gets uncomfortable. There's a disturbance. 
uh, because, as is revealed at the very end of the show, the Land of the Dicks is not just a location, it is another dimension. Oh, I did not catch that. Yes, it's, if you blink, you'll miss it, but apparently the Land of the Dicks is another dimension where dicks reside. I was just imagining as like some dirty gutter with a bunch of dicks dancing around. That's how I imagined it when I first saw the show, but re-watching it for this podcast, I noticed, oh, it's in another dimensional plane of existence. Great. Great. It's the Black Lodge. It's Pleasure Island, right. It's, it's, except, again, not an island, but like another dimension. It's so, an island in space-time. It's an island in space-time. Then we cut back to Joey and the Heart getting ready to propose. Hart tells Joey he reminds him of a young Richard Gere. <laughs> yes. But it's too bad he'll never be a leading man with that jaw of his. Because Joey Richter has a funny jaw. His his face kind of goes to one side. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. And um, I guess they decided to write one of their lead actor's biggest uh, insecurities into their show. Why not? Because, yeah, why not? Vanessa and Tiff enter discussing how bad Joey was in bed. Uh, Joey and his heart enter and read the vows. Vanessa, you are beautiful to me, and I am sure that I love you. <laughs> so sure that I am willing to make this vow on humbled knee. I will provide, and I love you. You will keep my home and raise my children. I will make you happy if you will make me happy. I'm sure you know what this is, and presents a ring. And she says, I don't know what to say. He says, sometimes the best thing to say is a kiss. Good line, Joey! Chaucer would be proud! <laughs> Nessa gets upset, because this is completely ridiculous and out yes. of nowhere. And Hart tells Joey to do something crazy. So he says, eat chocolate! <laughs> Throws the heart box of ch the chocolate that uh, he Reese's got Reese's peanut her. butter cup. Reese's peanut butter cup in her face. This is when the limp dick comment comes out. And uh, they say, oh, everybody, Joey has a limp penis. And his heart says, oh, you can clear this up, Joey. Tell him you don't have a dick. <laughs> Which, this just makes Joey burst into tears and he runs away crying and sobbing uh, to the choir room, which has been established in comments that that is where Joey goes to cry, is the choir room. Yeah. The old snatch, because Tiff was there, so the old snatch witnessed all of this. And she somehow deduces from this display that Joey doesn't have his dick at the moment. Cut back to the land of the dicks. Dick is sad. He's missing Joey. He's missing Miss Cooter. T and Weenie try and make him feel better by shaking their balls. Dick just says, I just really want to be jerked off. And the dicks refuse to do it. Because there are no hands around. Because there are no hands around. But one would think, since they can apparently smoke cigars and chew bubblegum, yeah. uh, that they could do something. But apparently... They're not gay dicks. Maybe there are other gay dicks. Maybe. I don't know. Then he says, well, what if I could get some pussy? And Big T explains his philosophy of pussy time, which is basically a more fun, cooler way of saying I'm an incel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just the oldest argument you've ever heard in the book of women aren't as into sex as men and men want to have sex, and it's not fair. Basically. Yeah. Much like most incels, it's revealed almost immediately afterwards that if given the opportunity for pussy, uh, Big T would absolutely go for it. He's yes. not as much of a of a, a snooty bastard as he, as he claims to be. This is just something that he's told himself for years 
because he's not getting pussy and he's sad. Yes. Uh, this is kind of shown that the the writers know what they're talking about because immediately after Big T gives his speech about that, Dick is like, "Oh yeah, pussy time. I'm clocked out." <laughs> Showing like just and they're like, "Stop saying it like that. You're making it sound dumb." And it's like, yeah, because it's a dumb concept. Yeah. It's a stupid concept. Grow up, people. Um, Are you ready for another question? Oh, sure. Yeah. How fast does the body produce sperm? Here's a multiple choice. Okay. A, 1,500 per hour. Uh B, 1,500 per day. C, 1,500 per minute. Or D, 1,500 per second. Uh, 1,500 per day? No. Oh. Per second, actually. Really? Yes. That's a lot of sperm. It's a ton of sperm. Where does it go? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look that up. If you don't use it, like, where does it go? I assume there's just, like, a graveyard at the bottom of your balls. <laughs> where it's, like, the elephant graveyard in uh, Lion King. And just, like, <laughs> monoliths of dead sperm cells. And young sperm cells dare each other to go there. And they run into hyenas. <laughs> They run into hyena sperm? They run into ball hyenas. Ball hyenas? Yeah. <laughs> exactly like a reef. Yeah, it's a sperm reef. It's a sperm reef? Oh my god. Oh, that's... Wow. But yeah, so... Then comes the, the reference you were talking about. Yes. Where it's revealed that all the other dicks in the Land of Lost Dicks did not leave their uh, masters... Uh, voluntarily. Voluntarily. They all left for different reasons. Ween got kicked out. We're not told why or how. He was just kicked out. However, Big T was cut off in a sex change. Which I did not look it up, but I don't believe that's how sex changes work. Is that not how sex changes work? I believe they split the penis to form a uh, labian vagina. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know how any of that works. But again, it's a very sophomoric idea of what a sex change is. Yeah, you cut off the dick, you, you open it up, and you cut the vagina. Yeah. And it's the audience has a weird reaction to this revelation as well, where it's like, mm -hmm. it's 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 not laughter, but sort of like an ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that re reaction is about. I, my guess is maybe it's it's that... Uh, early 2000s type of humor where a man turning into a woman was still seen as a, shine, a sign of shame. Yeah. In some way. Uh, but uh, it's it's not made clear. The point is, again, talking about the possibility of different sexual identities or different sexualities between penises and their hosts, uh, apparently Big T was not consulted on this. And as we learn later, never got over the vagina he had been seeing at that point, yeah, which uh, we'll get to later, but um, yeah, just just if if you introduce the idea of any kind of LGBTQ plus issues into this show, and this is the only reference to anything like that, it completely changes everything. Yeah, the way that it works, everything works in this show. Like even at one point, you find out that vaginas have special powers that they can only access by thinking of dick. So there's a, there's a very clear idea that. Dicks and pussies go together like boom bab julab da Yeah, as exactly. once said. And like you said earlier, uh, even though this revelation is, I seems to be being played for laughs. Yeah, um, I didn't get a malicious intent. 
No. And no. this is something I, I struggled with recently. I, I watched the John Waters movie Desperate Living, which is not one of my favorite John Waters movies. The best is probably Female Trouble, which we will probably cover at some point on the show. I've heard about that one. But John Waters is a very purposely offensive man. And I went on Letterboxd after to blog that I watched it. And yeah. I saw a lot of reviews calling John Waters transphobic or racist or ableist. And Which, if you know about what he does in his, in his life outside yes. of movie directing... No, I never get a malicious intent from him. I think yeah. he's doing it for laughs and to gross out normies and all yeah. of that. If if you're offended by it, you have every right to be offended by it. Sure. But I don't think that John Waters hates any of those groups of people. No, I don't think so. Um, so that that's... But again, if, if you feel... If you're watching something and you feel offended by it, that's within your rights and you can... Absolutely. Uh, but it's always something I have to struggle with. It's like, where is the creator coming from? What is their intent with this? It's like Mel Brooks, I think we can both agree, is a comedic genius. Yes. But there's a lot of references in his movies to homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Does Mel Brooks hate homosexuals? No. Does he use a lot of reductive gay stereotypes in his movies that maybe if he were making those movies now he would maybe not have done oh i think they would absolutely not be in there now i don't think that they would yeah and and uh he's he's usually very careful about his stuff but that was a blind spot for him back in the day mm -hmm. did he mean anything by it absolutely not if you watch to be or not to be you know he's very supportive of, of gay people in yeah. that movie he still uses the stereotypes but he talks about it's one of the i think it was at the time one of the only movies about the holocaust that actually talked about the treatment of gay people in Germany at the huh. time. Uh, he was one of the first to bring that up, because most people just didn't want to remember that gay people existed. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, yeah, you always have to keep that in mind, like, where where are these people coming from? If you're offended, you're offended. Yeah. Yeah, and you should and you should be. Like, call, call out shit when it's bad, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, they clearly did not mean to hurt anybody. No. They were just, they were just being childish. So yeah, Big T realizes that since Dick left his guy voluntarily there's a guy out there who wants a dick and doesn't have one and maybe he can fill that void which raises the question if sex changes are a thing in this universe wouldn't the lost just... dicks be like lined up outside of a hospital for any woman who wanted to become a man that would make sense it was like hey you want a functioning dick the guy another guy didn't want me It'd be like mr potato head just swap things just out just swap things out yeah it makes sense but, um, no, that's not how that works. But apparently he's, he's going to go and become Joey's dick. Yeah, and I think we've given this concept of the world building of me and my dick more thought than the Star Kids <laughs> ever did. Probably. And I was also, this does not happen, but I was waiting for Big T to become Joey's dick, at least for a little bit, <laughs> and just the incongruity of the white man with the black penis. Yeah, that would have been... The the concept is is played with, but never actually uh, brought about. Yeah, they never actually do that. Cut to the choir room. Joey is crying, and Hart is just laying into him, just berating him. Which seems to be what hearts do in this they, world yeah, is they're, just they're insult just, they're their owners. So cruel. Uh, is this, never have I seen such a pathetic bumblefuck. <laughs> Joey, look at me when you're crying. Every line of the heart says is pure gold. It's just so fucking funny 
He spent the heart bought real tickets to Venice <laughs> using their life savings for him and Vanessa's honeymoon and he throws them away now realizing uh, which is actually a Chekhov's gun throwing the tickets away yeah. they're, they're in the breeze and they keep floating for the rest of the play until someone eventually catches them later and then Hart decides that uh, they're too miserable and that he's gonna he's going to squeeze one of his arteries and kill themselves yeah. uh, which Joey is all for so Joey's just do it just do it he says uh, and then Sally comes in. <laughs> They're just about to kill themselves. Sally comes in. It's like, Joey, can the choir class come and use their room now? <laughs> and Joey is just too distraught, so Sally tells him to go away and call Joey's mom to pick him up, which is another one of the references to him being kind of a younger guy. Yeah. Sally is, is, is such a sweet character. She comes in, she tries to be helpful to Joey and, and, and be nice, tries to comfort him. Uh, and uh, Miss Cooter says, you're never going to find him in a more pathetic state. You might as well make your move now. Which I'm not sure if that's good advice. No, it's not. <laughs> it's... Again, uh, some of the interpersonal politics of the show, which, again, it's not meant to be a serious examination. No. But... Uh, just get them while they're down. That's, yeah, great advice. Uh, so Sally delivers what I thought was actually a a very well-written speech just came off as very natural to me of like saying there's a there's like a little gag in there where she's like i love you and he's like i love you too best friend and she says no i mean i like you and he's like <laughs> uh, that was a nice bit but like the rest of her speech where she's like i know i i know that this ruins everything but you have to understand you've had your heart broken once i've had my heart broken every day yeah um and I, I just love that speech and the way she delivers it. And she, once she said that she's just going to leave because she's probably ruined everything. And Joey is completely taken aback by this news. And he sings a song, which I thought was a pretty great song, except for how weak the voices are, especially Joey's. Yeah. Again, Joey has gotten so much better over the years. But uh, his voice is super weak when singing a song. Yeah. And you can definitely tell this is. But you can definitely tell this is one of the songs that Darren Chris wrote. If you know anything about Darren Chris's voice as a songwriter, if you look at the credits, there are like three songs that Darren Chris wrote for the show. They all sound exactly like Darren Chris, and all the other more comical songs were written by the other writers for the show. He asked the heart, "What are they? What? What am I feeling? How am I feeling this?" And the heart <laughs> looks back over Sandra Bullock's entire body of work. And says, maybe Sally is the person we initially disliked. Bringing back that theme again, saying that Sally is our Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Pullman is my very favorite actor. <laughs> I'm always up for some Bill Pullman. Love. Yeah, I appreciated the references <laughs> to 90s superstars. <laughs> Was Bill Pullman ever considered a superstar? I don't know. That feels like that's going a bit that's far. That's a bit much, but... <laughs> the Richard Gere stuff, Sandra Bullock, I yes. think there's a few Julia Roberts references. There might be, I forget. But yeah, Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman, I, I love Bill Pullman. And then Sally's heart enters the scene, doing a sort of Harley Quinn voice. Uh, she comes in, and she is also a big fan of Bill Pullman. <laughs> and then uh, the hearts start dancing together. 
uh, as they're singing, and then they they are like, oh my god, our 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 hearts skipped a beat. Oh, that must be because our hearts are dancing to a are song doing a waltz, a waltz in four four time, time. <laughs> which was a very clever joke. That was a very clever joke. My favorite joke in the scene is they do a subversion of the taking off the glasses cliche where uh, he tries to take off Sally's glasses and she immediately, the eyes go crossed and she can't see anything. So yeah. He puts them on again immediately. I love that. Uh, I just, I love that little subversion there. And then Joey and Sally kiss, which is a pretty good kiss, I thought. But it's weird for me because in the Harry Potter shows, they play siblings. Okay. He's Ron Weasley and she's Ginny Weasley. So it's super weird for me to see them kiss. You do theater. Like, you know that I know, people... But, like, I so identify them with those roles. Gotcha. Because you know? they did those roles more than any other part for the show. I think that's the only... Aside from Black Friday and the guy who didn't like musicals, which are kind of connected, every the Harry Potter thing is the only long-running series that they had with actual sequels and continuity. Gotcha. Everything else, they've only played things, like, once. And then Sally introduces Joey to her cooter, and Joey kisses Sally's cooter, which Sally is very excited about. Yes. Cooter says he's a keeper. Uh, and then she's like, well, let's see that dick. Uh, and Joey suddenly realizes, oh no, my dick is gone. But even though apparently this is a thing that happens in this universe, he doesn't just, just say, tell her. he doesn't just say, hey, my dick left. He says, I can't do this. Resulting in a really funny bit of physical comedy where Sally grabs her cooter by the head and pushes it back between her legs. Yeah. <laughs> and the heart tells Joey, well, you gotta go find your dick. This Flies. is about the time where I started to get really tired of the show <laughs> because really so much of like it's just this is where the weird really kicks in the high gear i know but so much of the humor in the show revolt began to just default to like we're saying the word dick isn't mm -hmm. that funny and that became very tiresome for me sure sure at this point i'm by this point whenever i'm watching the show i'm very invested in the story so i i usually just kind of gloss over that. And this is where I think if the costume is costuming were different, it would have more of an effect for me, especially what we're about to get to, mm -hmm. the Council of Vaginas. Yeah. Where if it were like a bunch of people dressed as vaginas sitting around, <laughs> I'd be like, this is fucking madness. Yeah. Instead, it's just a bunch of women and men in dresses. And I'm like... right. This is an interesting, weird idea, but it's not playing for me. You know what would have been good? Have you seen, there's uh, the Janelle Monae song, Pink. She did a music video to that, and she's dressed as a vagina in that music video. I've seen pictures of it, I've not watched it. Yeah, it, well, I don't remember if I liked the song or not. I don't, it's been a long time, but I remember thinking those costumes were fantastic. Yeah. So maybe if they remake it, they can do something more like that. I know yeah. that they, in their... Yeah, true. They, they have much of their stuff now is crowdfunded, and the last time they were able to afford a more complete camera setup where they actually had like a crane that would oh, like cool. come through and and do shots of things, which after watching so many years of their performances with just like a three camera setup was kind of jarring actually to watch yeah, I can to imagine. have to have like all those close ups and stuff. Another one of my favorite lines: "The heart is berating Sally." 
Sally's heart is berating Sally in, in her bed. She's eating ice cream, Rocky Road. And she says, you eat until you are as fat as you are ugly. And she said, that'll take forever. Which is so sad. Yeah. It's so funny. But Mrs. Cooter hasn't, not Mrs., Miss, Miss Cooter, has not given up. And the old snatch comes to her window and uh, tells her she needs to leave Sally and come to the Council of the Pussies. And that's where the song that I opened the show with, Every Night at the Stroke of Three, The Pussies Gather, takes place. The vaginas are apparently much more secretive than dicks, because even though apparently we, we, we know that like random passersby can sometimes see dicks walking around, yeah. around, the vaginas only come out at night. What about women who work night shift jobs? Uh, I guess they're shit out of luck. I guess. Yeah, or either that or they have an, under, uh, an understanding with their vaginas. Um, the old snatch asks the Council of Pussies for help to find Dick. Miss Cooter tries to add her voice to it, but apparently the Grand Cunt, the leader of the Council of Pussies, demands that all those possessing a hymen are forbidden to speak. Uh... The main argument, of course, ends up ending between Snatch, the, the old Snatch and Flopsy. Uh, there's a Last Starfighter reference. For some reason. For some reason, which uh, is an, yet another connection this has with Clerks the Animated Series. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Flopsy uh, has a, a bit where she just like lays into the old Snatch, which the actor gets wrong. Because uh, he repeats the same line oh, like, yeah. three times in a row, but uh, you... oh, I thought that was just really just laying on the slut shaming. It could be, uh, but yeah, they 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 say uh, essentially the argument comes down to the same argument they've they've been having the whole show whether or not love is possible between a dick and a vagina. Flopsy says you better hope that dicks can't love because what does that say about you, old snatch? You've had so many dicks in you, no, none of them stay. Um, says that's why Tiff has to sleep around so much because anyone who goes in there doesn't want to go back again. Yeah, which of course is stupid. Yeah. But again, like I, where I think that the writers are coming from is is showing that the attitudes are what are is what is broken. It's not the, it's not the old snatch because even in the end, the old snatch does find happiness. Spoilers. True. But uh, it's just that the attitudes that people have about sex are wrong. Uh, including Joey's attitude about just gotta gotta have that sex is is wrong. The old snatch at this point there's a there's a moment which doesn't make sense to me. Miss Cooter stands up for the for the concept of love and the old snatch comes back from her depression and takes off a blonde wig that he's been wearing wig the whole and show. Hat. Wig and hat. So does that mean that Tiff wears like uh, a merkin, a merkin? Um, like a blonde merkin i don't know because <laughs> i have no clue what that was supposed to represent because he also has a hairnet on underneath it yeah um, presumably to attach the the wig, uh, wig to. yeah yeah i don't know i hope so <laughs> they should do a musical about merkins they should this is, uh they should absolutely do a musical about uh, Morgan. So then the council decides to vote by queef. Uh, they queef in favor. Yes. Uh, and the council of pussies go to war against the lost dicks. 
<clears throat> Flopsy apologizes to both Cooter and Snatch, revealing that her real name is Myrtle. So apparently the names that we've been hearing are not their real names. They are affectionate or nicknames. Mm -hmm. uh, but each of the vaginas has their own real name. And as we mm. find out later, the dicks have their have real names too. Uh, so that's a whole other level to this universe. Yeah, And the vaginas reveal that they can fly by flapping their lips and thinking of dicks that fit just right. Yeah. So the vaginas fly to war against the, the cult of lost dicks. Which, again, I appreciate this in concept. Yes. But it just didn't really right. come across to me. And it's a stage show. It's it a is, very, and it's a college show. It's they're a they're college show. Students, they don't have a lot that they can, a lot right. to work with. Yeah. God bless them for doing what they managed to do. Right. But, like I said, I was also kind of checked out from the show, like, just because it's mm -hmm. just... I kind of want to... Dick, dick, dick. I, I kind of want to see a version of this that's like a Newgrounds animated movie. That'd be interesting. Yeah, just like, not nothing like on the same level as, as like DreamWorks or anything. Just like simply animated so you could see like what it would be like with an actual yeah. dick, an actual vagina. I don't know, maybe that would be too disturbing. I it might know. be, but uh, it'd be interesting to see. That's what Newgrounds was good at, though, being incredibly offensive yes <laughs> it's a good reference to a site that was popular 30 years ago yes yes um that is where rick and morty got their start was it yep it was originally a cartoon where doc and marty from back to the future are in a pickle and doc tells marty the only way that he that they can get the delorean to fly is for marty to suck his balls <laughs> and so marty sucks his balls and then it makes it work i did see or I've heard of at least seen screenshots of that short. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was from Newgrounds. I thought I oh, yeah. assumed it was from Channel One Hundred One. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know what Channel One Hundred One is. It's a project Dan Harmon was involved in, where people would come up with these series, like mm -hmm. like a television series, but like ten minutes long. Oh, okay. And people would vote on whether they wanted to see more of it or not. Oh, so kind of like, uh, there was a Cartoon Network show that was a lot like that. Was that like Cartoon Cartoons or something like that? I can't remember. I'm yeah. not familiar with that, but sure. Yeah, there was something like that, and they had, um, I think Family Guy was a segment of that at one point, and did not get picked up, yeah. and then ended up going somewhere else. But anyway, um, so we cut back to Joey cold and alone looking for his dick. He collapses in the street, but is found by the lost dick somehow. They feed him homemade soup. Yeah. Uh, which the audience laughed at. I guess... I guess it's piss. I don't know. I assume semen. Oh. Like a chowder. No, he said it was it was homemade chicken noodle. Yeah. So it's yellow. Why? I... I oh, okay. Yeah. I just assumed that the audience was assuming it was semen. Oh, okay. Joey <laughs> wakes up and says, You're all dicks. <laughs> he tries to ask the other dicks about his own, and Big T enters... To tempt him to uh, take him on as his dick, telling him that swinging low is my game. Uh, and Joey gets kind of intrigued by the idea, but is is not fully sold. And then Dick re-enters, and uh, we have the the third act uh, lovers reuniting scene between Joey and and the they dick. Come back together. He he apologizes to his dick, tells him he was right to pursue Sally, and and there's a line that confuses the hell out of me i get the joke it's an old joke but i don't understand it in this universe how it works where he says 
I could, I would kiss you if I could. Remember when we tried? We were this close. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, I get it. But like, your dick can, can detach. detach. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Again, I think we're thinking more about this, the <laughs> ramifications of this universe than they ever did. Big T says, you know what? These two belong to each other. I'm not going to get in the way. Uh, but that's not enough for Weenie. Who suddenly becomes the main villain of the story. Exactly. Secret villain. Secret villain. Right at the end of the story. Becomes the main villain. Uh, takes over the gang. Takes Joey hostage. And he says all of the dicks are going to take their turn riding on Joey's bad body. <laughs> uh, and uh, Weenie is going to have the first pick. I cannot tell if this is rape or not. It's definitely a violation of some kind. It's a violation of his body autonomy, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know if rape is the exact right word, mm -hmm. but like you said, it is a violation. It's Sure. It's unelective surgery, let's call it. <laughs> <clears throat> you remember when that movie came out, that bizarre film where someone did a sex change on someone turning them into Michelle Rodriguez, and they were going for revenge against Sigourney Weaver for turning them into a woman? No. Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez is a man who was turned into a woman who's going for revenge against Sigourney Weaver for doing that to to her. No, I've never heard of this movie. This only came out like a few years ago. The fuck? I know. <laughs> this this doesn't feel like something that should ever have been made, but it exists. Like I could see this being made in like the eighties or even the nineties, but maybe. That's a fucking I'll have to look that up to see what the fuck was going on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't heard anything good. Well, I can't imagine. <laughs> but it's someone's favorite movie. It's, it's somebody's It's somebody's favorite movie. And then suddenly they smell fish. Oh. The oldest joke in the book. Yeah. It's the pussies. They've arrived. And uh, there's a brief uh, scuffle between the pussies and the dicks. But the dicks are, are, I guess, afraid of the pussies and they run away. Uh, and then we have a sudden incursion from the plot of A Bug's Life where the bird that once hunted Weenie in the past shows up again and presumably eats Weenie offstage. Uh, it definitely eats some sort of dick. Yeah. Because we have the standard is he dead cliche with Joey thinking that his dick was eaten by the bird instead of Weenie. And it turns out that dick is still there. Yay. It's all good. They're finally reunited. The heart joins in as well. They rattle off a whole bunch of High School Musical references in the middle of a single scene. Okay, I didn't get that because I've never seen the uh, program. Yeah, and that's uh, that's another hallmark of early Star Kid. For instance, one of uh, Voldemort's Horcruxes in a very Potter musical is a Zephron poster. Okay. Yep. Uh, Miss Cooter says hi to Dick. And delivers a line in this show that still manages to gross me out after all these years. The rest of the show I don't bat an eye at, but this one line, for some reason, still gets to me. It was worth it to... I've been through hell and high water to get here, but it was worth it to see that little pee hole smiling up at me. Okay. It's a, it's a weird thing to be grossed out <laughs> I by. I don't know why. It's just something about the know. idea of a pee hole smiling. Well, it just bothers have me. lips. Oh, got the God. dick hole lips. <laughs> I don't know why that's the thing that still bothers me. You should stare at yours until you get used to it. Oh my god. I, mm. Make it kiss a mirror. 
Jesus put some lipstick Christ. on it and like just leave oh. little dick stick kisses on your I'm, mirror. I'm so bothered by this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I guess that's the next level of weird I need to get through. Yeah, is lipstick dick. Joey suddenly seems to realize how crazy the play has gotten. And he turns around and says, uh, how do I get home? Because I'm just a little kid and you're all a bunch of dicks and vaginas. <laughs> this has changed my entire worldview. <laughs> and I wrote, you and me both, buddy, for uh, how much this show changed my life when I saw it. <laughs> it would have been amazing if it had an ending like the ending of the, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer TV special. Oh, with the Island of Misfit Toys? Yeah, where they go back for all the misfit dicks and deliver them to all the boys <laughs> and girls and they, <laughs> that, that don't have dicks. Uh, Snatch commands Flopsy to take Joey and Dick back to their home dimension, which is where I get the interdimensional stuff from, along with the disturbance when they enter the the land of the dicks earlier. And then the old dip, the old Snatch, uh, decides to leave Tiff behind. She decides she's gonna go and see the world. She's had enough of this life. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the Dick that she had loved and had left her back in the day that she talked about, which made her give up on love, was actually Big T. Oh. And we find out her real name is Gladys, and Big T's real name is Tobias. Oh. Uh, and uh, they were in love, and, of course, in the sex change, Big T was left behind and couldn't find Gladys anymore. And uh, But now they're back together. They sing one more heartfelt reprise of Me and My Dick. With the whole cast, well, not oh, no, not no, quite no. yet. They, 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 that's a personal one. Then there's another reprise later. Oh, with okay. The whole cast, and then uh, they, the tickets are still floating in the air from when they, they were thrown away earlier. They grab them, waft by, and they go to Venice. Cooter returns to Sally, and Joey climbs in through her window, a la uh, old sitcoms. Uh, Sam and Clarissa explains it all. That's it, yep. Clarissa explains it all. I have trouble with the name Clarissa. And he sings a reprise of Coming Around, which is a song that they sang earlier in the the choir room. And this time their hearts and their privates all dance together, and then they jump in bed and sing the song Making Love. That's right. And during that, that's another village song where everybody comes and, and you get to see... For some reason, Vanessa is there watching them have sex. Yeah. And is like, wow, I wish I could be like that. And then Rick shows up and declares his love for her. And then another Star Kid cast member who was not in the show up until this point shows up as Rick's dick. Yeah. For some reason, he plays Snape in okay. their shows. And for some reason, he's still doing the Snape voice. It's like, hey. Okay. <laughs> How's it going? Still got that pearl necklace I gave you? It would have been funny if Rick and Vanessa started fucking right there as well. That would have been amazing. I would have loved that. Tallywhacker and Gladys travel the world, uh, seeing the world's biggest ball of twine. And then Tiff realizes her vagina's gone, is freaked out and confused as anyone would be. And then Weenie shows up and decides to become her new dick. Yeah. Which she's fine with. And they... Weenie says, you work for me, first jerk me off, and then we're going to plan to murder Joey Richter. (laughs) And uh, Tiff is fine with all of this. Yeah, She's like, sounds great, jerking you off and then committing murder. So, what the hell does that make Tiff? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to question it. Yeah. I don't... And finally, one last me and my dick reprise with the whole cast. Joey and Joey look at each other and go, Yo! I don't under get, understand it. It's probably an inside joke. Most likely. And then that's the end of the program. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I have a couple more questions for you. Okay. This one, next one's a gimme. Okay. What does the penis fill with to make it erect? Uh, blood. Yes. Yes. At what stage of life can the penis first become erect? Um, uh, it starts very young, I think. Uh, like middle school, maybe? In the womb. Oh, okay. And the last question is, how many eggs does it... I had trouble phrasing this. Okay. So if it's unclear, that's my fault. Okay. How many eggs does a person with ovaries produce in a month? A, 30, B, 1, C, 0, or D, 5 to 7? Um, five to seven? No, a woman, or a person with ovaries is born with all the eggs they will ever have. Oh! Yeah. Oh. So you got... So that was a trick question, then. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Although I gave you, it was a multiple choice and zero was an answer. Oh, right. Damn um, it. <laughs> so you got... I just suck. One, two, three correct. Okay. Out of seven. Oh. You're that's... a sex failure. I'm a sex failure. Yes. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, that was our Me and My Dick episode. That was our Me and My Thank Dick Thank you episode. for bringing with this, that to us. Uh, sure. It's a very personal film. That's what we want to yeah. talk about and what we want to... It's not going to be weird for everybody, but I, I, it was very formative for me. I will say, you talked about the... This was definitely the, the grossest thing that I'd ever watched. Mm -hmm. I had seen sex comedies before. Specifically, I'd seen the movies... Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Get Him to the Greek. And those movies just ended up making me more afraid of sex. Gotcha. Because <laughs> they treat sex as this very nebulous, strange yeah. thing in those movies. And that was not what I needed. I wouldn't call those specifically sex comedies. They're not like the American Pie movies. True. I've, I've never seen American Pie. So I have I not know, either. I, I can't compare But it. they do have raunchy elements. Yeah. I would still say this is the raunchiest, most sex-filled thing. Yes, but I, mean, I think that... Forgetting it's, Sarah Marshall has goddamn puppets in it. True, but despite um, the sort of reductive nature of certain stereotypes and characters that we talked about, it in general has a very positive message about sex, I think. Yeah. Especially at the end when Sally and Joey are going at it with each other. There's, a, there's, a, there's an idea that this is a fun, wholesome activity that yeah. people just do with each other, and there's nothing about it that should be shameful. Yeah. And that was something that... Uh, my parents never intentionally set out to make me afraid of sex. It was just the way that I developed. Your mother didn't dress up as a vagina and jump out of a closet at you? No, go, she didn't. Boo! No. Uh, but, uh, Look at me, Billy! <laughs> so, but this was like that thing that like kind of just broke me of that and, and made me realize this is just a human thing to do. Yeah. And you shouldn't be afraid of it. Then you became an unstoppable fuck monster. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not sure what our next movie will be. I'm thinking of a couple different things. For shame. Uh, Lair of the White Worm is one. Sure. Um, possibly Kill List. Do you want to say, like, our next episode is this, our next episode is that? 
So, and then I'll just edit it <laughs> to be no, whatever the that's real right. one let's, is. <laughs> let's, let's keep it a mystery. Okay. Because it might not be any of those, but okay. of the possibilities, Lair of the White Worm, the very campy fun Ken Russell. Lair of the White Worm sounds like a joke that would be made in me and my dick. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, like I said, uh, Kill List, which I'm, I really want to show to you. Right. Uh, the puppet movie Strings. Nice. It's also a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I still need to watch it to vet it first. Of course. Um, but Or it could be something else. Could be. But until then, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.